Hello, ghouls and gals. Have you ever heard of creative outlets? I'd be surprised if you've never heard of this, but if so, what's your niche, your flow, your spark? If you're ever confused about this, then you've come to the right place. My name's Liv Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, Creative Outline. Hello, everyone. Welcome to podcast number two. Today, we are joined by one of my good friends and fellow artists, Hannah. Hannah and I have known each other for about four or five years, probably more by now. And seeing her journey alongside mine has only been inspiring and very heartfelt. So everybody, please give a warm welcome to Hannah. How are you today, Hannah? I'm fabulous after that introduction. Oh, yes. It was very fancy, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it all the time honestly like <laughs> fine like you walk into a room and before someone introduce like before you introduce or anything you walk up and it's gotta be like so this is hannah and a little explanation of what it is and just your bliss and then you walk up yeah you get a, like I, a little handbook of what of who you are and everything exactly <laughs> I you're doing this in a big ass outfit so everyone's like, oh okay it's cool she can have okay. <laughs> Oh, she is a queen. Golf clubs. Yeah. Golf clubs go around. <laughs> Intros are allowed when you look like that. It's okay. Like... <laughs> it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. This okay. is what she's doing. <laughs> okay. So this is the second test run, pretty much. I don't think I don't think I interviewed you before, have I? I don't think so. We've discussed it uh previous and it just has not come out. Okay, so my podcast is about creative outlets, um, and I know that a couple of things that you do, um, that I've watched you do and watched you post about, so I know that you do painting, and you have styles and aesthetics, you do watercolor, and then I figured out what this was called, because I was like, what's that thing where you use this, like, the burning stick, and you put it in wood, the stick, you know, and (laughs) so I think it's called pyrography. Pyrography, yeah. Ah, Pyrography. Yeah. It's actually like first thought, first thing to come to mind. Frustrating as fuck. Um, It's no, but it's so much fun. That's of course the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not think that I would ever get into something like that. I personally didn't think I'd ever get into art itself at all. Um, Growing up as a child trying to go through art classes and certain things with lots of expectations on how to grade it and how to perceive it but I just kind of do it one day I was like shit this could be pretty cool I kind of like it um I've always been kind of a little pyro I really really (laughs) like burning shit um (laughs) so of course finding a creative outlet for that um is really really fun but of course with fire and flame and heat uh you have to be really really precise on pressure Mm. and temperatures um certain materials and woods that you're using everything becomes pretty darn specific Mm. um of course the only thing that i've used so far happens to be the cheapest little tool you can grab from like hobby lobby or something yeah Uh, it was $15 tool there doesn't happen to be any temperature adjustments or anything crazy Mm -hmm. Um, but it ended up being a great learning tool and just a really great experimental tool to fiddle around with you know I didn't Mm -hmm. uh, spend a ton of cash I didn't do anything crazy I found wood around the house to do that with like it Mm -hmm. it ended up kind of pulling together Uh, I do it occasionally when I know I'm going to be patient um, enough to deal with all of those constantly changing variables. Right. Uh, I know I try and do it most usually on like cold days or super rainy ones where uh, I'm already a little chilled. I really want to sit and enjoy, you know, just a nice cup of tea and a fun activity, you know? I feel that. Um, And so as far as like you were saying with like expectations and how art goes when you were younger and going through all those classes, 
Uh, and you say with, uh, I'm going to call it pyrography because that's how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, but with that art form, do you think the fact that you did it that way is because of your childhood? Like, because there were so many expectations, you don't have any expectations nowadays going through your art process? Uh, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Uh, I have let go of a lot mm. when it comes to my artwork. I actually use it therapeutically you know I Mm -hmm. have found a way to let go of everything you know it doesn't just Mm -hmm. happen to be the expectations for my artwork or the certain style I'm trying to use or the tools Mm -hmm. uh it's really given me an opportunity to just kind of sit back and be like hey just trust the process trust the time and trust yourself and really get creative with it um flow with the movements and your actions naturally uh I never paid attention to art class too Mm. much of course I was with the expectation I was really affiliated with the grade and how well it turned up on some sort of report card or how Mm. someone saw it in you know academic eyes or whatever that's I always had a really hard time with that in school because yeah yeah, because my dad was very, like, he was very, he promoted for all of me and my sisters. Like, it was a healthy thing for us. And so we just did it, and anything we did was good, you know? Mm-hmm. So once there was all these rules and, like, you know, like, uh, you know, just expectations and weird boxes that you had to check, it took a lot of the fun out of it for me and my sisters. And that's why I struggled a lot. I feel like academically, I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> at all yes. uh, but um so as far as let's say some like background info um are you comfortable sharing where you live full disclosure like, yeah I'm Colorado Springs Colorado baby let's go sweet okay so in your experience and I would say in our experience as being like pretty goofy funny Colorado kids yeah um and like you know that culture of just like hanging out in the mountains how do you how would you say that's impacted your creativity and your art um you know what the first thing that comes to mind um would probably be you know the thought of like nature being Mm. a large impact on my inspiration Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely do happen to have that be a part of it. I am a big mountain babe. I love Mm -hmm. drawing mountains. I love painting mountains. Um, I can't draw or paint a fucking flower to save my life, though. God damn. (laughs) Like, God, it's it's so hard. Um, So there's definitely the very naturistic aspect of my work. And living in such a beautiful place where I happen to have that and have experienced that my entire life. That is definitely a large play. Um, Mm -hmm. But with nature being, uh, gosh, so so unique, it's Mm -hmm. one of the things where uh, it's so hard to explain. Hold on. Let me get my head wrapped around it. Um, You're good. Where you want it to be very precise. Mm -hmm. So I I discuss, you know, not being able to draw a flower. And that's because I have a premeditated expectation of what, that rose is supposed to look like before I produce it you know yeah no the um the concept of drawing what is there drawing versus what you think is there yeah exactly and Mm -hmm. just the your personal interpretation of that Mm -hmm. now I am not a super super dark individual but I definitely let a lot of my creativity flow in a very dark manner we're goth bitches we can say it we're goth yeah the, the, <laughs> fucking love black yeah. go. I like blood I like spikes mm-hmm. I, like, um, I like some creepy shit and mm-hmm. it's always fun for me to take that um ooh, in insects is a great example for this mm-hmm. relating back to just nature as as a whole mm-hmm. uh, I love to draw bugs and insects and in the mm-hmm. weirdest way it has given me comfortability around them like I used to be mm-hmm. scared shitless of spiders oh, and yeah. now I draw them and I like to paint them and now I have this massive fascination when I see a spider I'm like I'm gonna investigate this shit <laughs> what do you look like 
what are your eyes you know I get really into it and in that element and um I find that just kind of yeah it's so much fun I digest it in a way where I get to look at something so you know presumably perfect because you look you look at a black widow and you're like holy fuck it's glossy the legs are long their Mm. ass is nice and plump but like their legs are like here we're not talking about like come on it's okay (laughs) that spider's so thick oh my god thick with two c's let's go (laughs) But, but i feel what you mean because like especially with I've always found um not always I used to be the same way where I was like scared of bugs and like was like ew you know (laughs) but the fascination with them and the first time I ever like really realized like okay that's a creature that's a living thing like maybe don't kill it you know is when I thought about I think it was like the first time I like tripped on some psychedelics and I was like it's so weird because there's things that are so much bigger than us and then there's things that are so much smaller than us but in the grand scheme of things we're all the same thing you know and I I definitely incorporate that into my art too of like oneness you know like all of it is the same and it's all together kind of deal oh exactly and Mm -hmm. I mean the first word in discussing something like that that comes to mind happens to be perfection you know Mm -hmm. where you think about it and you're like wow this is so perfect um Mm -hmm. And that's... very very Virgo of you to say that, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but but yeah, like first glances, everything looks really really perfect. Um, you know, if you were to look at a leaf or or something, you're like, man, that that does happen to be perfect. And one mm-hmm. of the things that comforts me the most, honestly, with all of my artwork, naturistic or not, um, is that it's not perfect. And yeah. I've I've taken this comfortability into other aspects of my life everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not perfect. Um, and as symmetrical as everything may look and as everything may seem, you know, there's always that little thing that's different. And you know, cr- creating that separation between perfection and imperfection, and mm-hmm. that that's what comforts me when I do actually happen to produce it because of course I I do a lot of my freehanded because mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. um, element is or, or medium you know and paper and mm-hmm. um, you know as a freehanded artist you could always concern yourself with the small minute imperfections of what you've done over the course mm-hmm. of the production of your piece and ultimately mm-hmm. it's just not fucking there you know yeah it it's it's genuinely not but us being individuals that um I hate to say narcissistic but we're always thinking of ourselves you know we're oh, all yeah concerned of either the good or the bad and um mm-hmm. with us having as a society having a tendency of thinking about ourselves the way we look the way we act the way we feel uh Mm -hmm. the way we're perceived the way we perceive things uh Mm -hmm. can get really really overwhelming and it it kind of comes down to it where we forget to step back a little bit and be like what is perfect Mm -hmm. like does it even exist should it even exist like does even have to be a thing for us to want to feel like we're successful or comfortable Mm -hmm. um you know some people might say yes and that's perfectly fine go for it like Mm -hmm. we feel what whatever you might feel I know that I personally through my artwork you know in particular in regards to this thought process uh and Mm -hmm. my personal logic is that fuck perfection dude like honestly I mean what I feel about it is that in my opinion, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, of just, just because perfection can mean so many different things, especially because people are so different that everybody's perception of perfect is different, you know? Um, and that's what I truly believe. I just don't think that it's real, honestly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's each personal experience that creates that perception and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I I didn't get it 
and it didn't really hit me until maybe my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think I've told you this story, actually, and I tell everyone. It happens mm-hmm. to be quite inspiring. Uh, Jackson Pollock is probably one of my favorite artists, and of course that might seem somewhat basic uh, or, you know, somewhat. I, I, I don't think it's basic because I don't know who the fuck that is. Good, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he, he is a fantastic, he happens to be known as the splatter paint artist, so I guarantee you, you know who he is, but without or like, really, like associating it with him. He, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, yeah. you, I guarantee you, you've seen some of his material itself or yes like having the affiliation with that the name mentioned etc now he was an interesting artist uh something that intrigued me the most was uh just his person you know his personality his being he Mm -hmm. didn't seem to be a crazy socialite you know he didn't seem to be an attention seeker or a social human being at all, really. It seemed like he ended up enjoying time to himself. Um, of course, like every great mind that we've had in the past abused mm-hmm. alcohol um, and mm. drugs and just didn't treat their body very, very well. Yeah. Um, Sounds like an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exactly like what we fucking do. Did mm. I mention myself there? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can be around people, but shit, if I can be by myself, let's do that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm down. Um, But regardless, his his style, of course, was very underrated at first. Uh, A lot of people didn't understand it. A lot of people didn't think that it was art itself. and his canvases are, ju- are just caked with paint splattered and dotted and splashed and ev- mm-hmm. everything everywhere, you know. And uh, slowly but surely it became, you know, really renowned work. And he became famous for what. Mm-hmm. Um, why this hit me in high school was because I was taking a ceramics class to just get an, another credit to graduate. You know, I had moved mm-hmm. schools and uh, I needed one fucking art credit. And, you know, me thinking that I wasn't going to be an artist or that it didn't fucking matter. I was like, cool, I'll have it first period. I'll wake and bake like a motherfucker. I'll drive to <laughs> and then I'll go fucking play with some art supplies for the first hour and a half, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I- didn't take it very seriously it, it being a ceramics class I just fucked around and molded clay and literally just built whatever the shit I wanted you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, and of course my art teacher was like this is amazing and everyone else was like <laughs> how are you doing this and I was like, I'm the highest shit I don't <laughs> I don't like I'm literally just mushing shit together and like picking <laughs> shit up uh, but but at the same time, that goes back to the conversation, especially with, like, Jackson Pollock, you said his name was? Uh, Jackson Pollock, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was someone, especially in high school, because we went to the same high school for a little bit, mm-hmm. I was somebody that didn't appreciate contemporary art when it first came out. I just, I as well didn't understand it. But with time, it made me understand more of my art of, like, it doesn't really have to be anything to anyone as long as it's something to you, you know? Uh- Exactly. That's that's the exact point that I'm getting to too. Cause, okay. Fuck yeah. Finish uh, your story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I like. I love the fact that we're best friends because we are on the same wavelength. Even though mm. like, we're not with each other and stuff, it happens to be one of those things where like you know, you found a really good person to like talk to and hang out with when the point mm. is already made before you say it. You're like, oh, yeah, this person like connect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. But, but continue. Yeah, like it it ended up being one of those things where Jackson I, I was watching a movie about Jackson Pollock in the class one day and it happened mm-hmm. to be a live well oh gosh, what is it with real people in movies? I'm trying what's that? Yeah. Oh like a documentary kinda? Mm-mm, no. Or like a realism film, like a Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's okay. I can't come up with the terminology right now. No, you're good. You're good. 
everyone that is listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> just, just go with it, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, a reenactment of this okay. person's life, you know? Okay. And, mm-hmm. and these actors and actresses are, are going through, you know, what he would have gone through as as someone would when they become famous and everything. And mm. Jackson Pollock becomes just, you know, he's discovered and, and he becomes quite popular. Mm. And as he's painting one day in one of the scenes, an interviewer comes to his home to, mm. a, for a paper or a radio or whatever to, to ask him about him, you know, his art mm-hmm. stuff, what basically what you're doing right now to me, you know, being like, mm-hmm. what inspires you? What game mm. is what goes on? What what about this? And of course, Jackson Pollock, being the slight introvert that he is, he's painting and giving answers. But he it, in the film, he just didn't seem interested. You know, he just not much of a conversation. It's more, he, yeah. yeah. It, it was just one of those things where he just was like, "Well, this this is kind of my life now. I'll I'll do it." Kind of deal, yada yada. And mm. one of the questions that the interviewer asked. Now, I wasn't even paying attention to the film very much when this mm. happened. But this one line in this one scene made an impact on me that I won't ever forget and that influences my artwork today. Mm-hmm. Um, the inf- in- gosh, the interviewer mm-hmm. quickly looked over to him and he said, what happens if you make a mistake? Now, I found that quite funny and ironic and mm-hmm. pretty contradictive, actually, when a splatter paint artist is being asked something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... He's yeah. throwing paint around, you know, yeah. and um, it it didn't seem like Jackson Pollock had any really defined movements or any really and really genuine intention behind what was happening, you know. And right. once again, with splatter paint artist, you can control solid movements, but what happens after that? Um, you can't control the paint, you, though. You can't. Yeah, you really yeah. can't control where it goes what it covers what it crosses Mm -hmm. the streaks the drips like Mm -hmm. doesn't happen to be that so after the interviewer said what happens if you make a mistake Jackson Pollock answered with uh I do not make the mistake I deny the mistake and my mind was instantly blown like I shit you not I stopped everything that I was doing to just look up at the screen pay attention to the movie for a little bit and I was like holy shit like Going back to the the um, previous conversation about perfection and everything, like mm-hmm. this artist chose not to think of any of his actions or any of the repercussions of his actions to be a mistake. There yeah. was there was no second guessing. There was no uh, conflict in this person's head. Clearly, like it just what what was was what was meant to yeah. be was you know it, it was yeah. me and um you you could just tell of course this was an actor in a reenactment but like for some reason I could just tell that clearly he just didn't give a shit about it enough to think about perfection or think about lines or mm-hmm. any specific expectation or premeditated expectation for his work to the point where he freely got to express himself by just doing it. Yeah, it like, seems very empowered almost. Yeah. It seems like a very empowered thought to just be like, I deny it. Like, I deny any type of negative thought. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just doing it. That's it. it That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, in, in itself happens to be incredibly peaceful and relieving, really. And mm-hmm. that's honestly, uh, trust the process is another great way to say it, you know? Mm-hmm. just just being able to be like nope just keep going with it you know don't don't think about it too much just keep going with it and mm-hmm. um that has opened up my entire world uh, mm-hmm. in regards to my art in particular but like I said earlier I'm trying to extend the peace that I experience from my artwork and just the comfortability and the quiet uh, Mm -hmm. aspects of my life you know Um, I'm a big fashion person as you know you know I love that's so funny because I was literally about to mention that I love it I love it yeah exactly see we're on the same wavelength this is literally like this (laughs) Uh, but what I uh real quick what I was gonna say 
is um, pertaining to the same thing with Jack uh, Pollock and everything with that. I deny the mistake. Have you ever been on social media and like you recognize that me and you, we have our own styles and they do blend well together, but they're, they're their own, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I see these TikTok stars and this is not pertaining to everyone, but this is just something that I see. This is what I've been seeing on social media is I see it in these people that usually have brand deals, people that are usually like doing this for money at this point. Yeah, ambassadors and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So like, because I, as I was saying that me and you, we have our very defined styles and they blend well together. But as you can see, they're very defined. Like you dress a certain way, I dress a certain way, and they just happen to mix. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like those kind of ambassador deals, they tend to be, I, I just can't feel it. You know, I don't feel Monotone. the, yeah, I don't feel the empowerment. I don't feel the, the, you know, this pizzazz. I don't feel anything from what they're wearing or, cause I don't feel like they like it. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I feel. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering your opinion on that. Like, do you ever see that in social media and like, does it ever impact how you think about fashion and what you think of it? Um, you know what? It's of course I'm on social media quite a bit because I do love my Instagram and I do love posting my photos. Um, Me too. But I can totally agree with you on the um, you know, the whole just no feeling it. You know, of course we see yeah. things occasionally um, on social media with brand ambassadors and and everything, and we're like, damn, that's a cute shirt, you know, like or that's a cute skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that kind of hits me, but um, yeah, I I definitely don't feel the impact like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I whenever I wear my clothing, uh, and whenever I'm in my certain outfits, I do feel empowered. I feel like I could move a fucking mountain. Mm-hmm, I feel like too. I could run for president in a pair of heels. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Depending on the outfit. Yep, yep. (laughs) And any of that, like, I I feel like I could dominate the the world, you know, and uh, I think social media makes it somewhat contradictive in its own way because it, they are meant to try and empower people, but of course, Mm -hmm. they're benefiting from it personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, this is just my personal opinion. Internet, mm-hmm. don't hate me, okay? Don't at me. Don't, <laughs> don't come at me. Don't come at me, okay? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Not hating on anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is totally a personal opinion in regards mm-hmm. to the fact that, like, it creates a certain standard while trying to encourage one to be themselves. Now that happens mm. to be honestly capitalism, like, like literally yeah. just the way that we happen to advertise every product and encourage people to participate in our economy and literally everything. Um, And fashion is a very, very large industry when it comes to that. Oh yeah. Um, It's, it's massive. People spend Mm -hmm. money on clothes and shit all the time. Mm -hmm. I did today. No lie. (laughs) I I bought a ring today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but but it does come down to it where all of that creates that certain standard, you know. Um, for some reason, jeans come to mind where jean companies are like, be beautiful, be who you are, be amazing, it'll be okay, it's great. But then, of mm-hmm. course, the model on the certain yeah. advertisement happens to be a double zero. Now, I, guess what, guys? I'm a double zero as well, so I'm not sitting here. Yeah, yelling, yeah. but a double zero, and of course they're not making certain pants in certain sizes or mm-hmm. like cer- certain shit like that, you know. Where no, it- I I definitely understand because I tried to shop at uh, I went to the mall today and I went to Urban and I like Urban because they're size friendly. Yeah. As someone who is thicker, who isn't a double zero, and nothing against people who are double zero. Yeah, we all we like- love all bodies. Yeah, and it's just like because then I go, I walked past Abercrombie and Fitch, and I was like, I don't like supporting that place because they don't support me. You know, they don't support my size. You know, yeah. and that's just how I feel about it. And that also pertains because this was another question I had. After this dark question, we can get back to the lighter stuff. No, no, it's <laughs> cool. I'm a dark person. I, I'm <laughs> talking about all of it. 
<laughs> so the topic uh, that I was going to talk about was fast fashion. Um, mm-hmm. I've researched it a lot and I've heard from a lot of vloggers and um, people on Instagram that are, you know, like they're fashion influencers. They have a problem with fast fashion in the sense of like kind of more higher upper class people saying that they can't afford high fashion clothing and then do a thousand dollar sheen haul you know yeah (laughs) um which is like yeah you know like as far as environmentalism goes and when I first figured it out in high school this was epiphany I had in my senior year was that (sighs) clothes you know like you're giving so much to landfill like let's just skip the whole process if you get rid of your clothes it will end up in a landfill most likely yeah yeah you know, so well, how do you feel about fast fashion as well as um, upcycling? And I know that you thrift as well. So like, yeah, what does that mean to you? Um, you know what? I, I think it, gosh, it's very so I think it happens to really impact people's um, ability to find their unique and individual style. I agree. Um, I agree. We can all go on Sheen and order the same pair of boots and look, you know, look different in regards to how we style them, what outfit mm-hmm. we put with them, how mm-hmm. tall we are, all of that. But um, I know personally that I like upcycling and I like thrifting and finding very unique pieces uh, mm-hmm. because it does make me feel very unique. Uh, of course, excuse me I like to shop at places like Target occasionally and I find a cute Mm -hmm. bra at at one of them or Mm -hmm. you know you go into a PacSun fuck I went into Zoomies the other day and bought a $35 bucket hat should a bucket (laughs) hat be $35 probably fucking not but it looked sick and I'm absolutely in love with it like Mm -hmm. absolutely in love with this bucket hat and um, Mm -hmm. you know me being an individual that did fall in love with it instantly that's probably going to be a part of my wardrobe for the rest of my fucking life yeah i hope to be that fucking 65 year old lady that is killing a fucking lurking class bucket hat oh yes some sketchy tank (laughs) i agree um hope to keep that forever so i i it's not that i don't shop on well-known places or anything but i know personally that something that has helped me Mm-hmm. Um, really develop my person, my being, and and my confidence, really, my self-esteem, and just who mm-hmm. Hannah is has been searching for those items, you know, going on those thrift runs with, you know, mm-hmm. people like you, my really good friends, my mom, mm-hmm. um, even myself, you know, all of it, and finding mm-hmm certain pieces of clothing and items of accessory and all that that uh, I just know other people don't have and when I wear it I I just feel that much cooler really oh, uh, like, I know I'm already cooler than you but like <laughs> like it, it just is one of those things where you're like I feel like I'm, a badass you yeah, know? <laughs> I'm a badass exactly mm. but you know it's it's really I, rare. Now, I continue to visit the thrifty to purchase things and drop things off all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think not settling on one aesthetic. I mean, I it's, it's always a lot of black, of course. And mm-hmm. there's always that bit of grunge and edgy look for me personally. But it's, it's always ever-changing. You know, people are always mm-hmm. up in the air like, what's she going to do? next you know is she gonna wear a big baggy shirt and dress it up with some fucking fishnets and a bunch of spikes or is she gonna Mm -hmm. wear you know a really tight blue dress like Mm -hmm. who knows yeah Um, so I I think it keeps people on their toes in that regard it always gives me once again the opportunity to be really creative um Mm -hmm. and and really just keep keep finding myself you know and and really I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Because as far as style goes, I'll tell you my journey. You know most of it. But I think when we met, I was like, because in high school and throughout my entire, like, ever since sixth grade, I've been dressing like, who's that bitch? Like, Mm -hmm. I know I've known my style for a very long time. 
And the reason I have is because I've had three older sisters and most of my clothes, like I want to say 90% of my childhood clothes were my sisters. Hand-me-downs, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and those, I feel like when you actually have to work for it, I don't want to tell the same story of like, you know, the underdog or the the small journey to the to the big happy ending, you know. But what I'm saying is, when you start with what you have, that's the best style you can come up with, honestly. And that's what we're doing is we're going to the thrift store, taking what's already there and making it new. And that's also something that I've been putting into my works is something that I've been working on creatively is to actually revamp my clothes. So when I'm like, eh, you know, this looks outdated or like, eh, I don't like it. I put it aside in another box and I force myself to, I'm going to sew it into something new or Mm -hmm. use the fabric. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Or dye it, upcycle it, you know, like reuse it or just sell it, you know, try to do something with it where it doesn't go into a landfill. And I get, cause like, trust me, I'm still the person that goes and gives my, I still donate my clothes, but that's definitely something that I've had to process because seeing four girls and being the last of those four girls and seeing all their clothes go through me and that's just one family you know (laughs) so it's like shit you could only imagine (laughs) any more than that you know oh no totally I I, the only reason why I never got too many hand-me-downs for my older sister was our size difference you know she ended Mm. up being that much bigger than me and I was always such I'm such a petite person and Mm -hmm. But me being such a petite kid, I just never, never fit. But yeah. it it really was like hand-me-downs from other people and other families. And, of course, I was always grateful. But that also, like, I was going to, it's going to sound interesting from my last statement. But that mm-hmm. itself made it very difficult for me to find my own style only because mm-hmm. I was taking everyone else's. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that. It's, but it's that- a different perspective. Does does that make sense? Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, like I picked the items that I liked the most and wore those, and still have a few of them. You know, we a, a, all of us have a couple of those items in our closet where we're like, "You have been around for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Never um, getting rid of you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my fucking bucket hat, dude. My bucket. Oh hat. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't feel. I'm gonna be wearing that shit to my grave. Like, mm. no. Oh well. But. It, it was, it was interesting because it, I always got things, um, growing up in a community that, you know, wasn't super, super open or super diverse. There were clothing items that I thought I liked, but didn't. um, I want to let everybody know, and this is for me and Hannah personally, that style and fashion is a journey. Okay. It is trial and error. I shit you not. So literally yep. every outfit trial and error <laughs> okay <laughs> i wear like three outfits a day here guys okay come same, on same i literally those <laughs> all the time yeah <laughs> One of those okay when oh it, continue, it, well continue, it's just sorry. dictated by a ton of shit you know some days oh, you yeah. want to wear a crop top then it gets a little cold outside and then you're like okay sweatshirt it is you know oh then, now it's too hot well fuck me yeah, <laughs> or like the sweatshirt really does not go with this pair of jeans guess what's gonna mm-hmm. happen sweatpants yeah but for the day we all end up in bed anyway but still <laughs> yeah you still gotta kind of, look good yeah exactly i'm the kind of person guys on my day off and if i've got a little bit of time I get glammed up as shit. Like, I'm just going to the grocery store Ooh, for, like, uh, some hummus or something. But mm-hmm. I go, and I am dressed up to the fucking tea. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. I've got time to fucking dress up. I'm going to take advantage <laughs> of it, you know? Literally. No, that was me today because I have the day off today. And I freaking threw on a wig. I put on, like, some cute clothes. I put on some booties. And I was like, I'm going to look cute today because I yes. can okay um so shifting um the the topic a little bit who and what inspires you um in the present as far I I would say as fashion goes yeah um shit dude I have 
never really paid attention to the fashion scene too much to know any specific like stylists or models or like anything of that sort um okay so like maybe aesthetics wise like I know that music impacts music and timelines and kind of like themes yeah they like impact my style a lot so you would say metal metal 100% Um, I I definitely see that (laughs) I like some grunge punk metal Mm -hmm. old rock and roll Mm -hmm. um you know stuff classic rebellion stuff you know the first people heard rock and roll they were like it's satan and you're like (laughs) oh no it's just kind of some booping and some bopping guys we're we're, (laughs) it's just guitars it's an electric guitar season calm down (laughs) it's a keyboard lady like (laughs) you can hang (laughs) um, and, and during those eras of course it it was really rudimentary but it it was a lot of it was fun and mm-hmm. some a lot of it is still fun but of course then the darkness came and just mm-hmm. kind of the aspect and element of music that is not light and is not fluffy and is not always encouraging you know and that oh, yeah. uh, is how I felt for a really long time you know and and mm-hmm. still feel some of these days you know the world isn't all f- light and fluffy and and stuff like that and of course mm-hmm. a lot of these metal artists that I follow on Instagram and that I'd follow fuck even just like in middle school watching their fucking YouTube videos and stuff I was mm-hmm. like that's how I want to look that's that's what inspired me was the really heavy eyeliner and mm-hmm. the super dark hair and all of the mm-hmm. metal on these people's bodies I mm-hmm. I fell in love with it you know yeah. uh, over the years have slowly picked up on things that I fucking love that are related to that you know I've got mm-hmm. quite a few collars that make me super happy you know I mm-hmm. love wearing them I love wearing mm-hmm. bikes I like wearing my chains and my cuffs um, by the way, your jewelry, like, I've never seen a selection that fits a person so well. Because every time <laughs> I look at you and your jewelry, I'm like, oh, my God, she knows what she's doing. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I definitely try and do that with my accessories and jewelry. Um, if anything, that's one of the things that I really like to upcycle and that I've tried to get really good at. Um, sewing intimidates me a little bit. Um, sewing is fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but why aren't we taught that shit in school? They used to teach it. They were like, all the girls and boys will know how to sew a cross patch. Well, and because like, now it's not quote unquote necessity. It's bullshit. Not necessity. Your kid should know how to patch up his fucking jeans like a. So champion. he doesn't put all his clothes in the landfill. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on, learn little Timmy who's skating like a motherfucker to put patches on his knees when he falls the fuck down so the jeans last for more than a month. Yo, mom, Jimmy's thrashing too hard. Please yes. help him learn how to sew his fucking jeans shut, okay? <laughs> and, but like, and you know there are moms out there and that there are people out there that happen to, you know, not want to purchase the insane amount of clothing mm. and not want to have to really feed into that, that waste and that yeah. production so there are those moms out there that patch fucking johnny's jeans up yeah straight and up. believe it or not everyone it's the aesthetic now like yeah. it's fucking grunge and you wish you had fucking patches on your jeans guess what yeah. you're putting a patch on your jeans right fucking now right like, when they're not even scraggly anymore like, they're, exactly. they're brand new you know <laughs> they're brand spanking new and you're trying to find it and like some sometimes it's handy as fuck and really realistic for people And other times it just happens to be the aesthetic. Um, And of course, like sewing and stuff, I will tell you right now, I have ruined so many clothes by just kind of slicing away, being like, yeah, I'll cut it right here. And then being like, oh, shit. Like, oh, yeah. No, dude, I've I've done that, too. (laughs) Um, It's a learning process. Once again, everyone, this is a process every day. Like, you... 
you'll learn. I've I've tried to cut many t-shirts into tank tops. Uh, <laughs> did not work ever, yeah, yeah. every single time. Like there was, I guarantee you, I thought it was cute at the time because of course it was me in like eighth grade or freshman year of high school, and I was like, yeah, this looks sick. This yeah, looks cool. And then you go mm-hmm. back and think about it, and you're like, that did not look good. Like, or you see an old picture and you're like, oh god. Yeah. Like, oh shit. That. Oh, nope. That was cool. nope. Nope. Yeah, that wasn't funny. a look. Yeah, you're like. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> my eyes they're burning. <laughs> but like, that, no, that that totally happens, and I've I've encouraged myself to try to do it more in the jewelry realm because metal I'm actually a little bit more comfortable with, you know, mm-hmm. all the loops and rings and everything. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at my earrings right now, and I've made a few of my earrings just out of shit at my house. You know, I had extra. Oh, yeah little fucking earring whatever that little piece is you know for dangly earrings the oh, hook yeah. goes in your ear I don't fucking mm. know I'm gonna call it the hook <laughs> call it the hook everyone yeah. don't at me if you actually know what it is but um, that's, that's hilarious though because that's funny that you say that like I just make jewelry because I find that easier because if anything I find that harder do you, you know yeah like I know I could do it but it's so tedious and tiny I mean so is sewing in a sense but if you have a machine you know like it makes it easier yeah but it's just those little knickknacks you're like Tinkerbell you're like a little fairy you can work with those little the little things yeah Tinkerbell kick your ass (laughs) absolutely fucking pummel you hardcore Tinkerbell (laughs) (laughs) no it's um, okay. But see, that's that's the funness about like fashion itself, and I think that's why the industry is ever changing, ever growing. Why mm-hmm. people come up with new ideas and stuff because there are people such as yourself that are much more comfortable dealing with fabrics and the details in, you know, the clothing realm. And then there's mm-hmm. individuals like me that happen to love and appreciate the jewelry realm, and mm-hmm. make dank ass outfits like yeah how shit comes together where you fucking make a crop top for yourself that's so fucking killer that you're like yeah this is dope and then Mm -hmm. of course like I happen to find random keys and shit laying around my house to the point where I'm like I could paint these and make these earrings sick yeah and and I do you know and that's when things start to become really fun because if your crop top and my earrings happen to go together really well it's like holy shit did we just create something like, yeah we collaborated we just, dude exactly exactly <laughs> did we just make something much more than just your shirt and my earrings we made a th- we made an aesthetic we made a look mm-hmm. and um you know that those things only continue to inspire us uh and the people around us because come on mm-hmm. you know that we both have Hopefully everyone can feel this through the microphone and my voice, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, Liv and I both have boss bitch energies. Oh, and, boss and bitch. We have, the, we have the energy of the lady walking by the little 14-year-old or 12-year-old girl and having mm-hmm. her look up being like, that chick is cool. Mm-hmm. She you looks know cool. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that's the kind of energy that I have and walk around with. I, I shit you not. I look at little girls sometimes and they look up at me. And I look mm-hmm. down at them and I'm like, I know you think I look like a goddess right now and you'd be mm-hmm. correct. Like, <laughs> you'd, you'd be absolutely fucking right in that, mm-hmm. like, in thinking that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you should want the same thing. I feel like style and fashion, you know, as unimportant as people try to make it, it is still an art form in my opinion because it's an expression of you. Absolutely. It's an expression of that bad bitch energy, of that softness, or whatever you want to put out there, you know? Mm-hmm. No, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, right. quick... Oh, continue? No, you go for answer? it. Go for it. You're, okay. you're running this thing. I'm just okay. okay. <laughs> so, quick shift for the podcast. I wanted to ask a couple questions about um, creativity. I know that you were talking about music, and that's as far as your fashion goes, that you use a lot of metal aspects in there and as far as like going down the line of like music and feelings I was thinking about the topic of like 
mental health as well as creativity. Uh, I know that me and you have struggled with our mental health as well as we've thrived with it. Um, so do you have any topics or opinions on that? Like I asked a question, like I put down a question here of how does your life affect your art um, emotionally and mentally? You know, it oh, it impacts it a lot more than I anticipated it would. Mm. Um, only because, uh, going back to what I said earlier about me using it as um, a therapy, it, it definitely is. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say right now that I am not an individual for the common therapy. You know, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. real cookie cutter, go to a therapist, take your medications. Now, Mm -hmm. that sounds negative when I say it. Once again, please don't think that I am saying anything negative. This is personal opinion, everybody. Exactly. Everyone, please know Mm -hmm. I have manic depressive bipolar disorder. I have my entire life. Mm -hmm. I am incredibly open about it, actually. Of course, Liv is very kind and you know, bringing it up nicely and calmly. And that's, you know, how individuals like to go about mental health. I don't Mm. like to see it as taboo anymore. Um, So I I don't, I don't either in the recent past. I try to be very open about it as well, because it helps people. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's it's also really good for us to check ourselves because some people aren't on that path yet, or they haven't Mm -hmm. been comfortable. So of course, a lot of people, you know, keep, keep it very fragile. And that is perfectly fine. But, like, that is perfectly fine. Uh, I know I am confident in myself enough, though, and in my situation, in my predicament, to realize, like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Mm. Um, And I've realized that the more I hide it, you know, it's it's just kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. please please don't think that while I say these things, I am bashing anyone that does do a real conventional therapy. I do. I know you're not bashing me. Yeah, no. If Mm -hmm. it works for you, that's amazing. Find Mm -hmm. what works for you and go for it. I personally have chosen holistic ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oils, stones, crystals, meditation, yoga. girl. Absolutely. Oh, and the best thing about that is a lot of it could be combined. You could be taking Mm -hmm. that while being a fucking fabulous yogi. Like, Mm -hmm. go for it. Exactly. On my personal journey, though, I have not connected to what people consider to be the conventional way. Uh, so I have used many different uh, ways of therapy to do this. And when I was, of course, figuring out what worked and what didn't, a lot of people were suggesting medication. Uh, but when it came to my artwork, they were suggesting using that to express my emotions. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. that always just made me mad as hell because I was like, how do I display anger and depression Mm -hmm. in a way of color, you know, or shape? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things and and mental health, mental health happens to be one of those categories and one of those topics that like, I don't know, if if you can imagine it into one specific thing, that's amazing. I know I have found it very difficult it's very hard in general, I feel, for mental health to navigate, to, you know? yeah, to be able to express it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just like physical pain, though, too, if mm-hmm. someone were to come up to you and be like, what's going on? And you would be like, well, I've got a headache. Uh, people would be like, oh, that stinks. And some might offer you aspirin and stuff. But like, ultimately, no one can know what your headache feels like. Yeah, we- your headache could could be close to a migraine, but they don't it, know that, it, you know. Oh, exactly. There can mm-hmm. be pressure in your frontal lobe. There can mm-hmm. be pressure in your the back of your skull. Your you know your behind your eye. Yeah, yeah. anywhere, like mm-hmm. literally anywhere. And you could discuss that with someone any day and and try and do it as thoroughly as possible. But at the end of the day, no one can actually experience what you're feeling mm-hmm. uh, and what you're doing. So when it did come to my artwork and that certain expression, it honestly just made me really, really mad because I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know how to fucking explain to myself or my body or my being, my soul, what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. So it brought some frustration. Um, And then, you know, of course, with that patience, it really did become 
therapy for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, it gives me that release. Now, can I express my emotions directly on a piece of paper? Yeah, I could probably draw really sad eyes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or, or someone with an exploding head or, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. I really direct, but uh, when it comes down to it, I get the most comfort uh, and release for my mental health and my well-being as a person when I just go with it, you know, and just yeah. just go with it. For a while, though, too, I wanted to completely disassociate with um, that, if that makes sense. Um, I find that my disassociating when it comes to art, especially when it comes to, like, the same topic of, like, mental health and stuff like that, when I'm in a sad mood and I try to do art, you know how have you ever heard of spiritual bypassing Um, where yes but so yeah I'll explain it so it's like (laughs) it's like where you're you know you say you're spiritual and you say you do spellcraft or you say that you meditate super heavy but you only meditate for like five minutes a day you know you're bypassing you say you do it but you're doing it not that well right so my kind of art bypassing is when I'm upset or sad I know that I could maybe push myself to put a little more effort that would help my brain and help me feel a little better mm-hmm. instead I doodle and that's something that I definitely recognize is like my kind of bypassing and that's funny because it's funny because like I won't get into it but then I get pissed at myself for not getting into it you know mm-hmm. and that's like one of my brain conflicts especially with my mental health it's rough <laughs> In other yeah. words. no it it can be a challenging process Um, I think that's why when I start a piece, I really like to finish it like in that sitting. Me too. I agree. Uh, With my certain style and what pieces I've been producing recently, uh, it's been taking me like three or four hours to complete what I'm trying to do. But when I start to feel it. And my body mm. starts to feel light. My spirit just feels released. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't want to fucking stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to stop this. And, uh, of course, the process gets interrupted and I have to go or, or do things. And I'll pick mm-hmm. it up later. But recently, uh, a lot of the the commitment has been just directly to these pieces one at a time to make sure that I did commit all of it to it. You know, there's a lot of times, and I think a lot of artists could say this, that sometimes when we leave the piece, we leave it, you know, there's no like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll come back to it later. You know, you flip Mm -hmm. back in your notebook from months earlier and you're like, yep, never touch that piece again. Yeah. It's the same with, journaling you know I write poetry a lot and when I'm done with a piece I'm done with you know like you just know when you know and it's not something you come back to you know like and I feel that with art pieces too is like Mm -hmm. no it's done I don't want to touch that again I don't want to you know like it just you don't feel the need you know like your body's got it it's done it's perfect the way it is (laughs) if perfection ever existed (laughs) Where you, you just feel so comfortable about it and re- really confident about it. And that's something I struggle with uh, every day. You know, I think a lot of people do when it comes to making decisions because there's so many um, things at play that a lot of us are like, yes, no, yes, no. Maybe, oh, 100%. Yes, totally, uh, 100% go, yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Exactly. So mm. finding an activity for myself that gives me the opportunity to really, you know, do something and then sit there and be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm it's done, om- done. It's like almost satisfactory, but before the ending, you know, it's like, I wanted to talk about that, like the state of flow. I don't know if you've seen um, that, that movie. It's Soul from Disney. Um, but it's yeah you know what it's yeah it's super cute and you know he's talking about the state of flow and like how it's almost like you're in a dream state when you're there I feel like that's what I feel when my art is really inspiring me when I really have a piece that I'm like yes this is gonna be 
so good and it's going to turn out. And then when I finish it, there is that feeling of like satisfaction. And I think that's the only sense in humans like that we can all collectively feel. Mm -hmm. That's what perfection feels like. That's what I think. (laughs) Is it, is it just me or is like, they're the slight because we're we're elated when we feel this you know but is mm-hmm. do you ever feel slightly sad when you're finished with something too because you're like oh now I'm done you know it's, uh, all, it's almost like you climb a mountain and then you get down to the bottom after the mountain yeah. and you're like oh now there's a new mountain you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> slightly sad but you're also encouraged because you're like yes the next piece let's go but you're also like, yeah oh this one's done yeah um it's- but then that's where the questioning mindset comes in where you're like is it done oh my god is it is it but then you're like no no no, it's done don't, don't touch Keep... it yeah yeah <laughs> don't touch it that that reminds me with um this quote that I went to a concert I I know that you know of Shaky Graves right yeah yeah so the artist Shaky Graves I went and saw him at Red Rocks in person like 2019 and he said yeah. this he said this thing that was like super emotional you know and he's just like I really love him because he's a very real and raw performer he's very authentic in just the way he performs and he just Mm -hmm. seems like a genuine guy it seems really nice and he said this thing that was like in the you know it's kind of like an interlude between songs he was just changing and tuning his guitar but he was like you know we pass by moments so fast. Like, remember that this is only a moment. Like, kind of like, please enjoy this with me. You know, like, please be present with me right now. And that's how I feel when I'm doing a piece. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I, that's why I feel that it is sad when you finish it. Because you're like, oh, that moment's over. You know? Yeah. Oh, exactly. But then you're so mm-hmm. grateful at the same time being like, wow, I got to experience that. Like, this mm-hmm. was my moment. And mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that's cool as fuck. I love when artists do that, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, fucking painting or, or musicians, any of that, because those are the people that get it, dude. Those are the yeah. people that feel the feeling that we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. and they live for it. That's that's why that's their career, and, and that's what I'm trying to do right now with my life, you know, is find that slight direction and then make it my life. Make that feeling mm-hmm. that we're discussing right now of that flow of emotions of, mm-hmm. you know, insecurity and then complete confirmation of security and then slight mm-hmm. sadness and excitement at the same time. Like mm-hmm. that's what that shit's about. And that's why we do it. Yeah, exactly. It's about just, I feel like it's for me, it's about feeling it, you know, just like feeling what, I want to put on the canvas and as you said before is like it doesn't really have a general idea most of the time like maybe you're like yeah I'll draw a spider you know and that's kind of the only thing but you don't know how the spider is going to look you don't know what you're going to paint it with you don't know if you're going to draw it with ink you know yeah like it's very much like an in the moment kind of thing it's what you're feeling right at that second and that's something that I feel like a lot of people in my life crave is to make that moment that real like their life just their real life you know those are the Um, people we should be hanging around though that's awesome like that's who you should mm -hmm. invite in your life and have there because people that are hungry for that feeling you know you want to be around for the inspiration and the support Mm -hmm. and because they want real things they want real just like you you yeah they they Mm -hmm. want it to be fucking real dude my art instagram name everybody is find my flow so oh don't worry i put it in the bio i was literally just about to ask you that about your (laughs) both of my instagrams are gas guys go hit them up like Mm -hmm. they're fucking sweet um they're definitely pertaining to everything that Liv and i are talking about right now fashion creativity accessories artwork Mm -hmm. uh expression all of it so Yes. Hashtag self-promotion. Oh. Yes. Okay. So to wrap this up, because we've almost been here for about an hour now. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's all good. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> but yes, good recording. Um, but I was wondering if you wanted a Oracle card poll. Hell yeah, I do. Okay. I thought this would be fun at the end of everybody's recording so let's oh, see so much fun i'm so ready right let's go universe <laughs> i'm so ready. all right 
So we're using our Healing Stones um, Vital Energy and Power Oracle cards. So let's see what you got. I'm live shuffling right now. And you got Garnet. Crisis Management. Your situation is stuck. Garnet solves the chaos and encourages your soul thereafter. It strengthens your confidence and in your own power. Wow. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know why you got this card. Holy shit. <laughs> relevant, though. Like, Good. Oh, so relevant. I, I knew the universe was going to give me some shit like that. I've been seeing all kinds of angel numbers. Mm. Like, the, the universe has been showing a lot of physical signs right now, being just really, really open with me, saying, hey, I know it's difficult to shit right now, mm-hmm. but you're on the right path. And that is super comforting you know I sit there Mm -hmm. and I'll be having a rough day crying whether Mm. it's health or anything and then I'll be like uh, I'll look up and it'll be 11 11 on the clock or you know dude I've been seeing 111 on the clock all the time all the time yeah yeah and the the universe and everything is just working with me so that card Mm -hmm. happened to be incredibly relevant it's that that itself is a sign like that itself Mm -hmm. is a sign being like hey it's rough, but you got this. Like, you're going to dominate. Keep going. And I'm like, yeah. damn straight. Let's go. Yeah. Bad bitch energy. Yes. <laughs> I definitely feel that because that's, I've been seeing 111 a lot. And of course, with like the struggle that you've actually been helping me with since last year is like, I have definitely been in the same position where like things have been hard as fuck. Like I live in three cities right now. It's been all up in the air for like six months, okay? <laughs> and yeah. I'm finally just getting there. I'm finally just getting to like my harvest, you know, what I put so much work into. I'm just about to pull back, you know? Yeah. So, yay. Bad bitch energy all around. I well, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hannah, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you and I love you. Yeah. Um, you bet. And do you- I'm excited. Oh, for show do you want to mention your links real quick just in case they don't go down in my bio um just to say them out loud uh yeah sure absolutely i'll start with my art instagram um at find my flow flow with a zero o and then two um underscores nope and then uh, second one is at confusing little human, say it spelled exactly how it sounds. Confusing little human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look them up because they're super fun. I love to express myself in that way, um, and in that manner, it makes me super happy. It gives me a lot of confidence. I've found a lot of people like Liv that support me with all mm-hmm. of that. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful, magical day. And I appreciate you guys coming through. And if you've made it this far, then you're awesome. (laughs) Um, Thanks again. Have a good day. Bye-bye.